mean? Sam, would you get that for me? I'm a little busy here, okay? Sure, it'll be the thrill of my evening. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. That's them! I'm out of here. Don't let any girls touch my stuff. Get going, Daddy! <laughs> Happy birthday, baby. Dad, you know about this the whole time? Ah, uh, what can I say? I'm a party animal, hey. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome back to... Ayo. Oh, hey. The Who's the Boss podcast. Fancy. That's Thank nice. you, Samantha. Yeah. I'm Tori. I'm Kevin. Sorry, there's a dog licking my foot. Awesome. We are here to rewatch and discuss every single episode of Who's the Boss. I've got Nana notes. Oh, Nana notes. Yeah, I'm starting a new segment right now. So I talked to my mom, we call her Nana, girls call her Nana, and she wanted to me to know that egg creams are not garbage, because I <laughs> called them out for being garbage. But she said the key is that you have to make them with fountain soda, club soda, which makes sense, because when I was a kid, we owned a Carvel ice cream store when we moved to Florida, and before that, my parents owned an Italian pastry shop in New York, so they must. she must have had access to like fresh club soda mm. out of the fountain. And so she said they are delicious. And then the other note was that in Paint Your Wagon, when we were talking about the um, outfits that the women were wearing to work out, uh-huh. she said that's what you used to wear. You put on the tights, you put on the leg warmers, you put on the leotard, and you went and worked out. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I believe it. Yeah, I, I do too, because I remember like the Jane Fonda workout yeah. video and stuff. That's what people were wearing. That would deter me from working out even more <laughs> Then I'm deterred now, up. right? Where I just roll out of bed, put on leggings and a tank top. And but go. I was trying to think now, like today's TV, what would be an accurate representation on TV of what people work out in? And I was thinking of Alexis on Schitt's Creek. Yeah. Like I feel like that's, I mean, she looks gorgeous in it because she's Alexis from Schitt's Creek. But, you know, like the yoga pants and some sort of dry weave shirt, tank top is a good representation of what the style is today. Yeah, the Lululemons. Yeah, exactly. So thank you, Nana. Nana Notes. Yeah. Now today we are going to talk about Season 2, Episode 3. This title is Adman Maselli. It, it first aired on October 8th, 1985, and the TV Guide summary says, Samantha's afraid the rich girls at school won't like her. So she tells them that Tony is the president of an ad agency. It was written by Robert Sternin and Prudence Frazier. And now an interesting thing about this episode is that it was the first one shot when they came back from hiatus. So they shot mm. they shot this episode, then they shot Thanksgiving at Mrs. Rosini's, then The Prodigal Father-in-Law, then Tony the Matchmaker, and then the season opener. Wow. Yeah, so I don't think it was, I mean... It's I my thought is they did that because of the sets that they had to build for it happened one summer. Yeah, there were a lot too. of elaborate sets. Yeah, with the with the deer. And <laughs> the deer. No, but I mean just there. That episode was primarily a bunch of sets that they don't have. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I think they probably figured these were all. I mean, Thanksgiving and Mrs. Rosini's is a different set, but it's a set they've used before, kind of. Mm. So they probably just figured we'll do all the stuff that we can do on the normal sets while we build this. Because it wouldn't have made sense that they had ever planned to air these in any other order than what they were in. So yeah, I just thought that was interesting. And I learned that information from a Facebook group called Who's the Boss Resource. So that's the website that I've mentioned before, which is now defunct. So they've created a 
Facebook group where a lot of the old members are there and they're putting up some of the information that they had on the site. So it's a great, check it out. Hmm. Um, okay, so when we, this episode opens, Tony's making lunches for the first day of school. Now, right. Tony, there's no peanut butter and jelly here. No. There's no carrot slices, maybe carrot slices, but no Lunchables. I mean, probably carrot slices, no, and Tony. Yeah, yeah, true, yeah. But I mean, except for the meatball sub. Right, yeah. <laughs> he's giving them hearty meatball subs. Now, our kids are pretty picky, but even like the average child, could they eat that entire sub? No, I mean, it's like a foot long, yeah, for that's sure. It's like a construction worker man's lunch, lunch right there. Lunch, yeah. <laughs> so Mona comes in. And but before you get any further, yeah. I must mention, and if you watch this episode again, Tony's singing some weird song that I, a lot of times in my notes, I'll write like stupid things down like this. <laughs> really? And then I go look, <laughs> I go look up what it is. Right. And, like, and, he, and he's singing and it's like, wait a moment, wait a moment. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's probably some song by like Al Martino or something. Yeah. Is I it? can't, nothing. Oh. It's, it's a, a Tony Maselli original. <laughs> wait a moment. <laughs> Wait a moment by Tony Maselli. Maybe Tony Danza was like working on a one act, one man show, trying to workshop some songs. And he just threw that together. And they put it in the, um, the only reason I know that it's wait a moment, because it is, it's hard to understand what he says. The closed captioning says <laughs> with musical notes, wait a moment, oh. wait a moment. Yeah, that's And bizarre. then that's it. Yeah, like I know, so I know a lot of times on TV. And it's not wait a minute or just a moment. No. It's wait a moment. Wait a moment. I know Sorry. a lot on TV that if you sing a song that's recognizable, then you have to pay for the licensing. I know, but they've done that so, a couple times in the show where yeah. they sing Sinatra, some Sinatra songs. Right. Or, so, I mean, singing a just a little bit, I don't know if that's as... Light, the licensing for that is di- different from actually playing the song, but... It is. I mean, I'm sorry. It's not. If it's recognizable, you have to pay for it. Is oh. what I've been, what I've heard. But, um, but yeah. So maybe he's just making this up. So because gotcha. he's Tony Danza, right. and yeah. he wants to get in his. Maybe he was trying to become a David Duchovny singer songwriter at the okay. time. That's true. That's a good point. That's so, a whole for a whole another. Yeah, that's a, a story whole, for a whole another time. Terrible podcast. Okay. <laughs> so Mona comes in. We got into a little bit of an argument over what <laughs> was did. on Mona's sweater. We did, but you were right. So I thought it was like a. I know I was right. A gopher or a beaver or a groundhog? No, it, it's a duck. Yeah. Yes, I was looking at the the, the ass part as the face yeah. instead of the face part as the ass. So <laughs> okay. it is That's a duck. A, can I write, say that again? <laughs> I don't even remember what I said. Um, so she comes into the kitchen wearing her duck sweater. Her ass face, <laughs> duck face shirt. And she's like, those, you cannot pack the meatball subs. It's going to congeal and de- get know, disgusting. But Tony has a plan and he pulls out two awesome vintage 80 thermo- 80s right, thermoses, thermoses that thermoses. I want. Yeah. And then slides the meatball subs. But he thing. slides them straight down. Yeah. So now. So you know the bottom of the right, thing is a pile of. <laughs> wet bread <laughs> you oh, said the effort again i'll bleep you out um and it's a pile of wet bread with meatballs, meatballs and sauce yep. all smashed down <laughs> that was sandwich is gonna be impossible to eat 
We'll have to ask Jonathan how it turned out because Samantha just didn't eat hers. <laughs> no, she didn't. You'll yeah. find out why. Right. You don't know the episode. So Angela comes into the kitchen and she's like, Tony, the out the clothes that you bought, Samantha, are adorable. And Tony's like, Are we talking sixth grade adorable or right. junior high adorable? Because I really want her to fit in. It's her first day of junior high, and she's gonna be thirteen in a couple of days. So I guess in Connecticut, junior high would be seven, eight, and nine. Ninth grade? Yes. Okay. Yeah, like middle school. I mean, back then when I went to junior high, it was eight and nine. Oh, really? Because I went to middle school and it was sixth, seventh, and eighth. Yeah, I think it just is depending on where you live. Like where I was, there was a seventh grade school. A seventh grade center. It was only seventh grade. Only seventh grade? grade? That's bizarre. Yeah, so I had like K through six, seven, and then eight and nine, and then high school was 10, 11, 12. Oh, okay. Yeah, we just had elementary until fifth, then sixth, seventh, and eighth was middle school, that and then high sense. school was ninth through 12th. So, yeah, so she's starting her first day of junior high. And Mona's like, just don't let her spend it like Angela hiding in her locker. <laughs> <laughs> and Angela's. Of course. <laughs> Angela says, I wasn't hiding there. A ninth grader locked me in there. <laughs> Poor Again, Angela. of course. I know. So in the living room, Jonathan and Samantha are getting ready to go into the kitchen. And he asks her if she's still going to talk to him now that he, she's in junior high. And she says, of course she will. Just not in front of anybody else. Uh-uh. <laughs> not in public. That was a very sweet little moment. So Samantha comes in in her new outfit. She looks very yeah. cute. I bet I wanted that outfit so bad oh i'm sure when i watched this show as a kid um and she's excited to start school she's saying that all the all the subjects sound so fancy she doesn't even know what they are i know and um so now we get to school and samantha's trying to get her locker open i know i feel like that's a that's definitely a thing that kids can identify with right like what's my locker right how do i get in (laughs) Especially when you go from elementary to then middle where you have a locker. Right. And then it was we had that same setup where it wasn't like the locker going the full length. Right. There it was were always people stacked. below you. I have that yeah. too. Yeah. And of course, I think I ended up with like a, a top locker and I was probably 4'11 at the time. <laughs> so yeah, that was a cute little thing that they added in. And so what's awesome is and she's doing the combination and then she just Fonzie that bitch. <laughs> yeah. She just punches it and it opens. Yes. Like, what is that? Yeah, so it's great. I like that. Now, Marcy comes over and Samantha asked her how Jim was. And she's like, it was terrible. They made you take a shower. You were saying you guys didn't have to shower? I mean, we did. Like, we we didn't have to. After I mean, Oh, you had the option? School, the option. And of course, I opted, <laughs> I opted out. Awesome. I, I wondered yeah. why. No girls had, wanted to go out. Right. Yeah. Here comes, oh, God. Here comes Weber. I do remember having to take a shower at middle school. But, like, I don't I don't know. Maybe I blocked it out. I don't remember it being a terrible experience, but I don't remember I mean, it being I, I a I mean, I probably did. I just don't. I know I did not want to, and I chose not to a yeah. lot. I wonder if that's if that still happens. I, I mean, our kids. Who knows? We have we a fifth grader, so. Well, I guess we'll find out when she gets to middle school. Mm. Um, so Marcy sees the popular girls. It's Robin Frazier, her friend Bonnie, and her friend Julia. And Samantha's like, we've been here for just a little while. How can they already be popular? 
And Marcy explains that Robin's sister was on the cheerleading squad and she has bronzed pom-poms, so I guess the whole family is kind of a legend at the mm. school. So Robin comes over with Bonnie and Julia, and I noticed that Bonnie is wearing guest overalls. Yeah, those are pretty awesome. Yeah, those were so big when I was a kid. I remember it was Guess, Esprit, and Benetton were mm-hmm. like the labels that you wanted to have. Yes, yeah. Now I think it's like Brandy Glanville or Melville. Wait, no, one of them's not housewife and one of them isn't, and I'm getting them confused. I think it's Brandy Melville is the clothing, but... Yeah, I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> yes, I, I feel like it's not quite as much pressure as it was in the 80s to like have those brand names, but maybe our kids just aren't there yet. So they introduce themselves, or Marcy and Sam, Samantha, everybody calls me Sam. Robin thinks that's a really cute nickname. Mm-hmm. Robin's like, we're going to go get lunch. Why don't you come with us? So they're getting ready to go to lunch, and Bonnie sees another girl named Dolores Parker. She recognizes her from elementary school. And they're like, oh, I think she's poor. Mm. (laughs) Poor Dolores is just like wearing a plain T-shirt. Yeah, she's cruising by in her brown T-shirt. Yeah, like not at all. You know, she's going for comfort over style for sure. And... They're like, she's not poor because her dad's a dentist. And Julia's like, yeah, but they advertise. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that shows. And maybe it. she's just trying to be different. All this, you know, it's because she's wearing a brown shirt walking through the yeah. halls. So she's poor. Well, so they call out her being poor. And they're, and they're very nice to her. They're not at all mean. They say hello and stuff. But they call her out for being poor because she's she brings her lunch. Mm. And that's when Sam... Is hold, realizes she's holding her lunch in a giant thermos. Right. So she passes it off as being coffee, which they all think is very cool. And she puts it back in her locker and goes to lunch. So do you think she just borrowed money from Marcy? Or maybe she had some money to be able to buy lunch. She probably carries a little bit of cash with her just in case. It didn't matter. But, so it, it, it does matter. No, I mean... We can have a breakout and discuss how... <laughs> How Samantha, Samantha paid for lunch, which she had to do to get money. <laughs> I mean, that's fine with me. So as they're walking to lunch, Robin's like, oh, where do you live? And Samantha says, oh, Kilds Drive. She's like, that's a nice area. Your dad must be rich. And why is she assuming the dad's rich? Could yeah, mom be gonna, rich? See, I, I didn't even think about that. And yeah. Samantha says, well, he really cleans, cleans up. up. <laughs> great line. Now, back in the house, Tony is cleaning. Right. Cleaning the mirror. And yeah. what's he doing? Singing, wait a moment. <laughs> wait a moment. A song that, again, does not exist. He just, he cannot get his own song out of his head. It's like stuck there. So he I has know, to but keep why, singing. why does he keep singing in each scene the same song over and over again? <laughs> if it was a song I knew, it probably wouldn't drive me crazy right. so much. Anyway. Let's have a 15-minute breakout on it. Uh, okay. Why Tony was singing... <laughs> Wait a moment. So he's as he's cleaning the mirror, he's kind of staring at himself in the mirror. This scene's actually pretty awesome. Yeah. I like this whole scene. And Angela catches him. So she says, what do you think? Does Stallone have anything to worry about? (laughs) And he's like, I'm not. She's like, I can tell that you're looking at yourself. And he's like, I'm not looking at myself. I'm cleaning. Right. And he goes on to tell her that she doesn't make it easy because she's working from home that day and she's kind of making a mess. So Angela goes on a mini tirade about Mm -hmm. 
you know, don't talk to me about work because I'm supposed to work with, you know, 30 of the most um, highly skilled agents and I do all the work. It's supposed to be collaborative and that's just not what's happening. So Tony kind of plays it off as, well, because you're the best. So, you know, everybody's going to rely on you. Right. You're the president. Yeah, you're the president. So he takes her glasses off and starts to clean them. And he's like, you know, if I was watch- if I was looking at myself, then you were looking at me right. and you were watching me do it. So they're being very flirty. Here, I know. Which is good because, you know, even though they shot this first, this is taking place after... It happened one summer. So they're, I, I noticed that they really seem to be amping up the flirtiness between them here in the beginning of the season, for sure. So Samantha comes down the stairs, and she's like, gotta go, gotta go, I'm going to a friend's house. Yeah. And Tony's like, you're never home anymore. Where are you going? She explains she's going to Robin Frazier's house, and that the reason why Tony doesn't know her is because they always go over to her house. Samantha's basically trying to keep the kids away from her house so that she doesn't have to explain that she's not rich. So she's like, gotta go, I'll see you later. Now, I only noticed this because I was looking at her feet. So <laughs> I want, first of all, Samantha's wearing these like jeans with the stirrups. Remember the stirrups? You probably don't remember you the stirrups. You think these are jeans? They are like a, oh, they are, like yeah. a jean yeah, legging. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you got the episode up over there. Okay. Yeah. I can't see it right in my computer. No, it's so, okay. um, no, I think they're jeans. You're right. Yeah, they're like jean leggings kind of, but they do, they have the stirrup. So as she goes out the door, yeah, you're right. look out the door because there wow. is Bonnie's and Marcy's sleeping bags rolled up Outside of the set, being waiting, waiting to be used in the next scene. I know. Why would they put them right at I the door? Know. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah, they could have just put them over to the left. Right to the side. Yeah. So before they even planned the sleepover, Marcy and um, Bonnie had already dropped off their, their sleeping, sleeping bags. bags. Put them out yeah. front, right in front of the door where she could almost right. walk into. Oh my gosh! Yeah, they're all there. Yeah, the, the two great. I picked out were Bonnie and Marcy yeah, that I can match the, up like, later. Mustard-colored one. Yeah, so check that out. Now, when Samantha leaves, um, Tony's still telling Angela, like, I don't get it. Like, why didn't you bring your friends over here? Kids are supposed to come to your house and eat all your food, and it's it's a great time. And Angela's like, well, why don't we have a sleepover? It's a, a surprise slumber party for mm. her for her birthday. And first... Um, Tony's like, eh, whatever. And then she says, like, no, we'll make popcorn. They can talk about boys. They'll practice kissing. Right. And he's like, practice kissing with who? And she's like, on the back of your hand. And did you practice kissing on the back of your hand? I did not. But I think I... Ha- okay, this is an embarrassing tidbit about myself. But I think I had, like, this pillow that I used to practice. But it wasn't a slumber party. It was just me by myself. <laughs> At slumber parties, I don't think we ever practice kissing on anything. We just like ate candy and watch movies. Right. But yes, I did have a pillow that I used to practice kissing on. That's embarrassing. I'm sure we'll get a Nana note. So, um, okay, so he says that they practice kissing in the back of a Chevy. But now, he had already, we just learned last episode, but by 11, he had already kissed Angela, so... What was he practicing for? I know. He had already had his first grown-up kiss. That's right. 
So Jonathan comes downstairs and Angela's like, oh, we're going to have all of Samantha's friends over. I don't know what she was expecting. Did she think that Jonathan would be excited about this? I don't know. I guess he's too young to care about girls coming over. Yeah. He's like, I'm out. Like, I don't want to hang out with any of Samantha's friends. So he asks if he can go to Peter's house. Now, I feel like we never meet Peter, but we do hear his name often. Um, and she's Yeah, like, That's- I don't think we do. She's like, that's fine as long as Peter's mom's okay with it. And he says, she says yes to everything. <laughs> and Tony says, that's why she's got so many brothers and sisters. <laughs> oh, well, hey. hey, yo. And that, Tony that's, what with got the cheap this, shot. that's what got this episode uh, sexuality warning label on the oh, TVG. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that and the bras. And the bra, we'll get bra talk. Yeah. So Angela's like, okay, are we all set for Saturday? And Tony's like, I think really we should do it on Friday because she won't be expecting it. And Angela's like, well, I have a date on Friday. So there's two really cute things going on here. One, I love that Angela wants to be there for the sleepover because she wants to be a part of Samantha's life because really this is just your housekeeper and his kids. So if she didn't care, she'd be like, sure, you can use the house because I'm not going to be here anyway for most of the night. But she wants to be a part of it. And then two, this is the first time we see either of them get jealous over the fact that one of them is going out with somebody else. Yeah. So she says she has a date and Tony's like, with who? And then she's like, you know, I don't, I don't, she seems surprised that he's acting right. this way I'm about curious. her yeah, having a date. And he's like, well, I mean, that's fine. It's not you're going to be out all night. Will you? Right. <laughs> kind of hinting around. And um, so I thought that was really cute because now we've switched over from where before he never really cared or thought twice about her having a date with anyone. And now he sort of does. Suddenly he's concerned. Yes. So now it's Friday and Sam's kind of bummed. They're getting, they're finishing up dinner. Angela's not there because she's on her date. Um, Mona's there. Jonathan's there. And Tony's there, obviously. And Tony's asking her, oh, do you have like big plans? And she's like, no, I thought I did, but all my friends have plans, so I have nothing going on. And the doorbell rings, and Tony asks Samantha to go answer it. Right, because he's busy. Yeah, so as soon as she leaves, they're super, he's super excited that um, it's her friends, and Jonathan's like, all right, I'm out of here. Don't let them touch any of my stuff. They just send them out the back door. <laughs> yes, he goes to Peter's house. So Samantha answers the door, and all of her friends are standing there holding their sleeping bags ready for the slumber party. Which we saw earlier. Yes, we saw (laughs) at least two of the bags. So I think it's funny, too, that they all just showed up at the same time. Like, maybe they met on the corner, and then they, like, walked over together. So she is so excited, and he's like, happy birthday, and Mona's saying, your dad planned the whole thing. And Mona's there to help, which I also think is really cute because she's kind of invested in Samantha's life as well. Yeah. So the girls immediately start setting up all their sleeping bags in the living room and Tony and Mona go into the kitchen to like get popcorn and get some other stuff that they need. So Mona goes to make room in the freezer because (laughs) the first girl to fall asleep is going to get her bra put in the freezer. I like when she first tells Tony that he looks so like, what? Yeah. The look on his face is like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) Now, I do remember that as a kid. I don't think we ever did it, but it was always like a thing that was said about slumber parties. Mm. 
And then Mona's taking a lot of stuff out of the freezer. And he's like, I don't think you need that much room. And she's like, you never know. Could be me that falls asleep first. Right. So so Tony goes over and starts taking even more stuff out of the freezer. Right. Now, in the living room, the girls are kind of like playing around, laying out their sleeping bags, talking, settling in. And Sam's like, oh, I'm, this is, she tells Marcy, this is like really exciting. And we find out that two weeks have passed now. So it must be two weeks into school. And she's like, this is really exciting that Robin's here, but I'm just worried she's going to find out my dad isn't loaded. And Marcy's like, oh, maybe it won't come up. But Robin's first question is, nice house. What does your dad do? Again, what about, what does your mom do? Maybe her mom's a brain surgeon. Mm, I know. And, um... Samantha's like, oh, well, what does your dad do? So Robin's dad is a senator. Julia doesn't know what her dad does, but he won a Nobel Prize. Bonnie, they glossed over, and we already know that Marcy's dad is a doctor. Right, but um, which one's dad was the senator? It was... Robin. Robin's dad was a senator, but he earned most of his money in the private sector. Yeah, I didn't know what that was. All right, does anybody know what that means? No? No. Okay. Ronan, our dog? No. No. Okay. Okay. I'm waiting for somebody to raise their hand. (laughs) What I didn't know what it mean, meant either. The private sector is the mo- is the part of the economy sometimes referred to as the citizen sector, which is owned by private groups, usually as a means of enterprise for profit, rather than being owned by the state. The private sector employs most of its workforce in some countries. In private sector, activities are guided by the mode of earn money. So blah, blah, blah. I guess it's more of a... Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I still don't know what I that know, means. I, the only thing I can get out of it is more of a like privately owned company. Like, is it like tra- trading of, between private companies that aren't public on the stock market? I guess. I don't know. I, have no I thought this was going to actually have clarity. But well, you know. It made sense when I read it earlier. Earlier. <laughs> But you're right. This is you doing research. Thank you. No, I, no, I'm I, just kidding. This Thank is, you. See, I add. I add to the show. I bring to the table. So <laughs> it's, it's it's a minute thirty. You can never get back. I'm sorry. Okay, let's move on. Now Samantha's ready to tell them what her dad does, and Marcy's like, well, I don't know actually if Samantha was ever planning on telling the truth here, but she didn't know what to say. And Marcy's in the back holding up one of Angela's storyboards from when she was working from home. And Samantha decides she's gonna tell them that her dad is the president of Wallace and McQuaid, Mm. the 12th largest advertising agency in the country. So Tony comes out right then, and he overhears her. Mm. And he's very sad. And we even have some dramatic music to show how sad he was. That's some fantastic <laughs> dramatic 80s music. It is. And it just seemed like it came from out of nowhere <laughs> on Who's the Boss like. Yeah. Yes. It did seem... I mean, I, mean, I guess it went to commercial break, but yeah. still, it's just... When we kind of got that a little bit with it happened with Summer, where they were like doing those little transitions where we'd mm-hmm. see like the shot of the hotel... But yeah, it's and it's kind of like a almost like a fade, not a fade, a zoom into his face. Like mm. it's funny. So when we come back from commercial break, Tony's in the kitchen telling Mona that Sam's out there lying about him, and he's really upset. And he's like, you know, the truth is is that I'm not good enough for her and all of her new rich friends. 
And Mona's really on Sam's side here, just saying, you know, it's, this is hard on her. This is, you know, a transitional time and just go easy on her. And it's not that she's not proud of you. She's just really trying hard to fit in. Right. Yeah. Which is nice, yeah. I guess. And Tony, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and Mona's always, well, unless it comes to Angela, Mona's very no judgment. Right. And, <laughs> and then Angela, it's all bets off. Yeah. And, and I think Tony gets it. I mean, it's not, obviously it's not the right thing for Samantha to do at all. But I think she's just kind of caught off guard and just worried about making the wrong step. And, you know, she's already had to deal with this a bit in elementary school. And now the stakes are even higher in middle school. So I think Mona's just like trying to get him to cut her some slack. In the living room, the girls are all playing and singing. But you can tell Samantha's feeling a little uncomfortable at this point and like probably feeling guilty and feeling this idea that like now she's lied to them and... You know, the truth is always easier to keep track of than a lie. So now she's kind of in a position where she's going to have to keep this going. Oh, yeah. Tony comes in and tells Sam that he wants to talk to her in the kitchen. Now, in the kitchen, Samantha, like, knows what he's saying. She knows that he hurt her. She apologizes. She tells her, tells him she's sorry and that she didn't mean it. And, you know, she just didn't really know what to say in front of all those kids. But I love the difference between TV kids and real life kids, <laughs> because this mm-hmm. was a real life kid. She would have completely burst into tears and begged him not to make her go out there and tell all of her friends this, the truth. And it's just so funny. But TV kids like, you're right, Dad. I'm going to go do the right thing. <laughs> so she goes out there. She's hoping he that he will let her not do it tonight. But she knows she has to. So she goes out there and she's ready to tell them. Mm-hmm. And they tell her, like, you know, we've been talking and you're our new best friend and that you're cheerleader. She's cheerleader material. Yeah. And I didn't get her pom-poms, bronze. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that, like, the kids would determine who's a cheerleader. Like, wouldn't she just have to try out for cheerleading at the school? Yeah. Not in the but school. Not, not yeah. in Connecticut. Apparently Robin Frazier decides if you're cheerleader material or not. So as she's about to tell them the truth, Tony starts feeling bad for her. And he kind of just jumps in and goes with the lie. So you can see the look on Marcy and Sam's face when they realize that Tony's playing along. So he's like, you know, I'm not really, you know, the press, he's like, uh, advertising is a collaborative art so it's not just me so right. she wasn't really yeah. telling the truth about me being behind this whole campaign it's me and the team of people that put it together so it's funny I mean, it's very similar to something that Angela said exactly. earlier exactly yes so it is a callback you just absorbed all that right to what Angela said at the beginning of the show so that's good because it shows that the dialogue was not useless now the dialogue about him looking at himself in the mirror <laughs> <laughs> was useless except for the fact that they were flirting. Right, so it except works. for it was a neat moment. Yes. So Mona comes out with the Ouija board at that same time. And that is also very good continuity. Because if you remember from the episode Double Date, hmm. when Angela and Mona are talking about how Angela, uh, Mona was a little too overbearing when Angela was a child, one of the things she calls out is that uh, Mona says she always had to run the seances mm. at the slumber party. So now she's here with the Ouija with board. With the Ouija board, yeah. 
to run the seance. So that was very good continuity there. So Mona is now doing the seance, asking if Boy George will grow his hair long again. Which is funny because it's also another callback to Boy George from when they were doing the seance scene in the kitchen. That was interesting. Um, when Angela comes home from her date, so she walks in with Andrew, her date. Right. And Tony's like... Who's in a double-breasted suit. Andrew was? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fancy brown double-breasted suit. Yeah, and well, and Angela looks like... I don't know what Angela looks like, <laughs> but it's... She has so many, so much clothes on. Like, I know that she's conservative and doesn't want to show maybe a lot of skin on her first date, but it's like, it's a turtleneck, there's embroidery, it just, it looks hot. Like, I'm looking at her thinking, not hot in the sexy way, right, like, I'm like, oh, it just makes me feel hot and, like, itchy, but, yes. She looks very severe in this moment, which I feel like sometimes they really dressed her (laughs) that way. (laughs) So, she comes in and Tony's like, oh, hi, honey, my wife's here. And goes over and kisses her on the cheek. And Angela's date's very confused as to why she has a husband. So is Angela. Yes, Angela is just as confused. And she's like, what? What is is going on? And Tony's like, come into the kitchen and I'll explain. So he drags her into the kitchen. And I love this next line from Bonnie. (laughs) Sam, is your dad upset your mom's on a date? (laughs) (laughs) She's completely clueless. Well, like, it's almost as if Bonnie has experience with her dad. Dad right. being upset that her mom's on a date. <laughs> like, it's so funny. So Mona's like, oh, no, that's not. She wasn't on a date. This is our cousin, Andrew. <laughs> right. So, the, digging the lies. Yeah. Digging, digging deeper in the hole. And luckily, Andrew is a man of very few words because he just kind of stands there dumbfounded until Mona pushes him out the door and says, we'll see you at the next funeral. <laughs> now, in the kitchen... Angela's like, you know, I have to explain a lot of things to my dates, but the fact that I'm married to you is a new one. And he's like, I'm sorry, I had to say that because <laughs> I said that I owned your house, and then I'm the president of Wallace and McQuaid. And she's like, what? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I know it's wrong, Samantha knows it's wrong, but can you just go along with it for this one night? And he wants to give Samantha a great birthday. He knows... You know, that's hard for her because all these other kids are loaded and he can never give her all the things that they have. But if he can just give her that this one night, it would make them both feel good. Now, I feel like once Angela hears, like Angela can't deny Sam, like she's going to go along with this because of Sam. So very in a very cute moment, Tony asks if she will be his wife. And Angela goes along with it, and she's like, I suppose, I suppose you're going to try to kiss me again. Uh-huh. Now, I couldn't... At first, I thought this was referencing first kiss, but I think this might have just been referencing the little kiss he gave her when she came in the door. Oh. Right? Which oh, one did you think? I don't, I don't know. I didn't even think about that. I read. I just figured that was from first kiss. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. So let's go with that. Because then I was thinking, oh, she just must mean because he kind of kissed her on the cheek when she came in. Mm. And she's like, I suppose you're going to want to kiss me again. And he says, in your dreams. So they really are being very flirty with each other here. Way more than they would have in season one. So she goes out in the living room with Tony and makes a big show of calling Sam her daughter. 
She asks where Andrew went, <laughs> but I'm, I mean, Angela must not have been that into this guy because she doesn't seem too concerned that he just got pushed out the door thinking that she's married and we never see him again. So yeah, that's it. Yeah. Bye bye, Andrew. He's like, I don't know what's going on here, but I won't be coming back. <laughs> so the girls decide they want to play truth or dare. They ask Angela, and Angela's like, okay, sure, we've got nothing to hide. Let me play truth or dare. So yeah. she sits down with the girls, and they ask, like, why is your name Bauer and your husband's name is Miss Sally? So I feel like today this probably wouldn't even be a question. But maybe at that point it wasn't that that popular. I don't I remember. Guess. I don't remember a lot of my kids... My friends' parents having different names growing up, but I also could have just not been paying attention. So she says, "Yeah, probably n- not as much of a thing then." Yeah, like now I feel like it's way more mm-hmm. um, customary to see like a mom who still uses her maiden name, and then the kids have the same name as the father, or sometimes the kids have hyphenated names of the mm-hmm. mother and father. So. Again, I just want to say I think it's a personal choice. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing's right. Nothing's wrong. Um, So then she's like, oh, well, I still use my name for business reasons. And they ask her what business she's in, and she says advertising. Right. So now the girls are confused. Like, oh, both of you are in advertising? And he's like, no. Tony's like, no, she's not really in advertising. She just helps me with advertising. Right. And then he says the worst line ever. Yes. The woman behind the man. Mm. Yeah. Sort of thing. (laughs) Yeah. So, but again, at that time, at that point, no one would have even batted an eye at that line. Like, now I don't think really anyone would use that um, presently to describe a present situation. Mm. So Angela apparently keeps her maiden name so that she can use it for business reasons and her business is taking care of her husband. (laughs) (laughs) So um, she's like, yes, I just like to make a happy home for him. Then they ask if it was love at first sight. And he says yes and she says no. (laughs) Immediately. Yeah. And he's like, you asked me to move in the first day we met. Now that is true. Because he did move in the first day they Mm -hmm. met. (laughs) Yeah. And then Mona says he's been plumping your pillows ever since. Now this is Mona's in Mona's in heaven right now. This is Mona's dream. The two of them pretending to be married. I know. She's loving this. That's what she worked so hard for. Yeah. <laughs> so Angela wants to get out of this situation and she suggests that they open presents. Sam goes straight for her straight for her dad's first because he's been kind of she said he's been acting strange about it mm, the whole week. That's right. But he doesn't want her to open it because he realizes that once she does, it's going to give away this ruse here that they've got going. So now I remember in the last episode where Samantha had a birthday and we figured out that that was less than a year (laughs) from this episode. Like eight months apart. Yeah, this episode aired in October and then Samantha's Growing Up, which is the first season episode where she has a birthday, aired in January. So... They really do grow up fast because yeah. <laughs> Samantha's having a birthday eight months later. Now, in that episode, Angela had talked him into getting a necklace. And so at the time when we watched that episode, I thought that was the locket that gets her in trouble in this episode. Ah. 
So I was confused, but I was wrong. And she now, so Tony did give her a necklace this year and it's something she really wanted. So I guess she's grown out of the baseball gloves, at least to some extent. (laughs) So she opens up the present. It is a necklace with a locket on it. Yeah. And Robin, Little Miss Grabby Fingers, just gets in there and it's like, oh, it opens and opens up the locket. So inside the locket is a picture of Tony and then a picture of a woman. And Tony's trying to still help her out. And he's like, yeah, that's me. And that's that's her aunt or her aunt, whichever one he says, I say it wrong. Um, and Samantha's like, no, it's not my aunt. It's my mom. So now that her mother has been brought into this situation... She can't keep this going. Like, she has to tell the truth. So she says, you know, it's my mother, and she always taught me that I should be proud of who I am, and, you know, and I am. And so Tony's very proud of her in this moment. Angela looks like she's about to fall down if she's not holding on to Mona because she's so touched by this. (laughs) I know. It's like, what's happening there? Like, oh, very intense (laughs) They're, like, gripping each other. It's like they just found out someone was going into the hospital or something so sam tells the truth she's like my dad is not rich um he's actually angela's housekeeper Mm -hmm. and this is my mother um but oh uh, but i I messed that up actually because before that julia sees angela walking over to the cat walking over to samantha and says i get it you used to be a brunette (laughs) that poor girl I know, she just doesn't know what's going on. No, not at all. So, yeah, so they explain that um, that's not her mom, that she's Angela, and that she's terrific, and that she's her dad's boss, and that she lied to them because she was worried that if they knew that she brought her lunch and that she wasn't rich, they wouldn't want to be friends with her. Now, everyone... Makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Makes sense for the 80s. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure that that's probably, I don't know, we're so far removed from that world that's right now. True. Like, that's I true. I don't know what it's like to be a kid right now, but I, I feel... I mean, I don't remember when I was younger either way. I know as I got older, I always wanted to buy my lunch, but I just didn't want to carry a lunch around probably more than... Oh, you're actually talking about the lunch part. I'm sorry. What are we, <laughs> what, what are we talking, talking about? I was talking about like the, um, just... Like the idea of your friends being wealthier than you or oh, yeah, like that not fitting in. No, that, that was a thing. Yeah. For sure, too. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't know how prevalent that is now. Like, I know our kids, our kids also don't go to a fancy school. So our kids go to a school with a range of children. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have more than some and less than others. So I think it's kind of not that much of an issue, but. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've been a kid, so I'm not sure. And it could be different in other areas, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so all of her friends are like, oh, we would have totally still liked you, <laughs> except for Robin. <laughs> yeah, right. At first, she's like, no, I'm a snob. Right, I wouldn't have liked you. But I've already gotten to know you now, and so now I already like you. And I remember that line when I was a kid. And, like, I kind oh, of... Really? Yes, that was a line that really stuck out to me of Robin just kind of being a snot and saying that like she but to me like I think when you're when you're a girl and you're that young it's Mm -hmm. kind of almost like she's mysterious to you. I don't know. It was a weird thing like 
it wasn't so much that I like wanted to be Robin or I liked that she was acting that way, but it was just the fact that she had the audacity to act that way, I guess. That was kind of mystifying when you're a young girl. Mm, okay. So, um, so she says, you know, I'm Samantha Maselli from Brooklyn and I bring my lunch. Now, they're all still going to be friends with her, big hugs, everybody's happy, and Tony's still kind of being flirty with Angela, like, oh, this isn't that great, dear. (laughs) I know. And they're playing around, and she kind of smacks his arm off of her, but then if you look, she kind of, like, smiles at him after, so she's not really upset with him. I know, but then she says, you're such a card. Oh, she does? Yeah, which I've always wondered what that means. When did she say that? Um, like right at that scene. Mm. But, oh, I don't um, remember that. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's right right at that scene. I don't know what that means, but that sounds like a very Angela thing to say. Yes, well, I looked it up. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, here we go, audience. Okay, everybody gather around. <laughs> when you say, or, um, why do we say you're a card? When someone is, It's when someone is being silly or acting up. Oh. But not yeah. sure if I understand this, but... A card is a witty or eccentric person or a character. The card is a, uh, it goes on about a book, but then there's a part where it says, it says the term itself was perhaps suggested by a phrase such as sure card, meaning a winning card. Oh. Alternatively, there may be a pun on Latin cardus, I probably said that wrong, meaning thistle <laughs> as an instrument for combing and teasing cloth to raise its nap I, i'm sorry i'm this yeah. is okay we've gone a anyway out there but oh okay again no, we're probably it. not any closer to knowing what that means <laughs> but i just read a bunch of things <laughs> so there you go he looked them up you so were saying he's gonna read them <laughs> i know again i think when i read it i'm like this is good stuff it's gonna work real well for the podcast and i'm reading it out loud and i'm like i I mean, I understand, you know, a car, you're a car. I mean, yeah. I knew it was something from back in the day. Yeah, hey, you're a car. Yeah, yeah. It does. But sounds old timey and it sounds perfect. I'm like, for there's got to be a reason. And I mean, yeah. here we are. Anyway. So the next morning, um, Tony's making breakfast. The kids are all sitting around the table. And yeah. Angela tells Jonathan that he missed a great slumber party last night. And Jonathan could care Again, less. Can be Again. care less. Right. Doesn't care. <laughs> And Mona's like, how would you know you were the first one to fall asleep? Mm. And Tony kind of gives her a look and then says, hey, Angela, will you do me a favor and get the orange juice out of the freezer? Because my hands are full. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing he's talking about like orange juice concentrate. Oh, yeah. There's um, an earlier. um, I can help you with this one. (laughs) Earlier, when they're taking items out of the freezer to fit Mona's oversized bra into the freezer. (laughs) There's a shot where Mona's holding um, uh, fr- uh, orange juice from concentrate, oh, okay. one of those frozen Got it. things. So yeah, so he was so, sending yes, her to get that. Right. I mean, the orange little... juice is in the freezer because it's going to make it from concentrate. No, come on, Tony. I mean, that's a little lazy. I've seen him squeeze mm-hmm. oranges before, right? I Meatball subs for lunch. You're missing I mean... the point here. <laughs> yeah, so, so Angela opens up the freezer and her bra Lo and is behold. there. <laughs> And she's like, my bra. I wonder what they did to make the bra so stiff. They probably like put glue or something and then let it dry. Yeah, I'm sure. Because it really wouldn't have been frozen like that. Right. You got to wet it, I guess. Yeah. So she hits 
Tony, I think, with the bra. And then that's the But it freezes the before they hit, which leads you to believe that she did indeed hit him with the bra. Okay, so rating time. Yes. Um, I gave this one an eight, a solid eight. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was done well. Um, you know, there's a moment, there's moments, uh, uh, there's tearjerker moments also. Uh, yeah. Almost. Um, so, uh, yeah, it had the feels and all that kind of stuff. So it was a good episode. So mine was a little lower and it, for a couple of reasons. One, I think I've been lately giving these too high of a grade um but well, i feel like i've been giving too low <laughs> so, you so i went high I went this down time. So i went to a seven okay now i remember loving this episode as a kid mm-hmm. but i think now that i'm less enamored with the samantha character and more enamored with the other characters mm-hmm. i kind of thought the storyline was a little a little weak but i do I really do love the part where Samantha fesses up and, you know, won't, cannot lie about her mother. Yeah, at that point, yeah. Yeah, that was very good. And I do think that Alyssa did some great acting in this episode as well. But yeah, I just kind of went with seven because I thought the storyline was a little thin overall. Who's the boss around here? Me? Or my mother? Or maybe it's you! I went with Samantha as the boss for this episode. Um, and the reason is because even though she made the bad decision at first, Tony was still going to go along with this lie even after she opened up the locket. And then she's the one that made the decision that she couldn't lie about her mom. So I felt like she kind of took control of the situation and righted the wrong at that point. Hmm. Now I wish I would have gone first. <laughs> no, it's because I had the exact same answer oh, okay, for good. pretty much the exact yeah. same reason. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, she went along, but she couldn't once the locket came out with the mom. Again, another tearjerker moment. Right. Uh, it showed that she was the boss, and yeah, you're right because Tony was willing to still go along with it. Yeah, he you was know the, do all the lies, happy. <laughs> the vicious lies. But he, um, but you know, she ended up fessing up, which yeah. was, it was good. That's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can reach us at Who's the Boss Podcast on Instagram, and I realized I've never called these out before. You can also reach us at. Who's the Boss Pod One on Twitter and the Who's the Boss Podcast page on Facebook. Oh, yeah. I should do that more often. Yeah. I know. I, I realized I've had these in the notes forever and I just kept forgetting to call them out. I don't know. We forget to say our names. Right, sometimes, yeah, come on. So. We're just trying to get by here. <laughs> so you can just also... trying to finish this thing without an interruption. <laughs> There's now a child standing right here, but hopefully yep. she's going to stay quiet. Now, you can also go to anchor.fi. Anchor, mm, anchor.fm slash WTVB podcast. Mm. And there you can leave us a voice message. Anchor likes to keep them to like one minute. So if you can do a one minute one, that'd be great. If not, just do a couple of them and then I'll edit them together. Yeah, we'll put them together for yeah. you. Okay, so what is our song for the end? Oh, our song is I, all I have is the Who's, it's the Who's the Boss theme remix by Killtron. Nice. Yes, this one's fun. It's kind of like a video game arcade version of it. Yeah, it's fun. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and tell all your friends and give you a big pat on the back.